0: This week we are talking all about how to make six figures on Upwork as a freelancer. And we're talking to someone who's made over $500,000 in the last few years on Upwork. Are you ready? Let's go! What is up, self maters? Good to see you. Good to have you again. Give us a hug. Okay, maybe you can't do that, but I'm glad that you're here on the Self-Made Web Design Podcast. You know, there's a few things that separate the folks who don't earn a lot of money on Upwork and the folks that do. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with magic. There's not some real big secret that anybody is keeping from anyone. No, there's some really practical and simple things that you can do right now to input into your pitches on Upwork, your profile on Upwork—that will start earning you more and more money as a freelancer on the platform. And today we're, we're talking about it with Miss Morgan Overholt. And Morgan is a freelance graphic designer who is an expert vetted pro on Upwork, and that's like the top of the top of the top of the freelancers. And Morgan has earned over five hundred thousand dollars on the platform in just a few years, and and. She she's given away all of her secrets to us today. But before we dive in, I want to invite you to a masterclass that I am putting on and it is happening this week. So you want to make sure that you sign up now, like do it now, pause the episode, go to the website and sign up because you do not Want to miss this? This is three simple steps to land high paying clients on Upwork. If you're interested, if you want to learn more, go to selfmadewebdesigner.com forward slash Upwork and sign up. There are three days available, and I'm going to tell you this it is going to be worth your time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Over 500 people have already signed up to be a part of this live masterclass, and so It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a hoot, as my uh, Texas mother would say. It's just going to be one big hoot. Okay, enough of that. Are you ready to dive in into how to be a six figure freelancer on Upwork with Morgan Overholt? Okay, let's do it. Well, Morgan, so good to have you on the Self Made Web Designer podcast again for round two.
1: Thank you. I know. I'm excited to be here. I'm so honored. A repeat offender.
0: Yeah. No, your your episode was awesome. A lot of people have listened to it and gotten just a lot of good insight. So, so kind of take a second and just update us on on where you are, what you've been doing for the past almost a year and a half, I think. Um you've got a few projects that you've been working on and and that you're really excited about. So I'd love to hear about those.
1: Well, you know, twenty twenty, really dull. Nothing really going on <laughs> that, you know, makes you like want to make any career changes or <laughs> anything I can't think of anything can you
0: No no uh, not at all
1: But no seriously 2020 actually ended up being a year of real um growth for me and and a little bit of a pivot to be quite honest with you I I was definitely one of the lucky ones I ended up with you know not really missing out on a lot of client work per se. I continue to grow my my client portfolio. You know, I continue to grow my Upwork portfolio. I just reached the $500,000 mark earned on Upwork alone, which is pretty incredible. And as you know, as I talked about last time, that represents only a portion of my income. On the side, I also still have my graphic design agency. Um, Last time we spoke, I just launched my first blog, uh, now, I just launched my second vlog that went really, really well. So that's pretty exciting too. Thesmokies.com and MorganOverhaul.com. Cheap yes. plug.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
1: But really big things. Um, and of course, now um, on the second blog, one of the things I've been able to do is kind of talk about like Upwork and offer advice and, you know, on, 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 and in a way that's sort of like passing it on to the next generation of Upworkers. And that's why I was so excited to kind of come on and talk to you today because I know you've been wanting to pass a similar torch and, and say, hey, look, guys, this is what I did. Maybe this can help you as well. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today.
0: And I, I know that, you know, one of the, one of the, kind of rites of passages for freelancers is hitting those six figure marks, um, and the earned income. And you've, you've done that outside of Upwork, but also you've, you've done that within Upwork. And so I think that's, that's really telling of your skill and how you've kind of mastered the platform. So, um, so I'm kind of excited just to dig down into the idea of what separates a six figure earner on Upwork from, Someone who's not as high earning, and um, I myself am trying to get to that. We were having a conversation before um, we hit record, where you know I'm 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 kind of getting pretty close to that mark, but but you've kind of hit it. So so what do you feel like is the difference between the folks who are hitting six figures on Upwork or hitting those high paying clients and those who don't necessarily get to that point?
1: It's it's honestly all about mindset, Chris. That's it's about mindset and hard work, and and that is it. Um, you know, the biggest game changer that I make, and you can't touch about on this a little bit in your course too, is, is treating this like a business because, because that's what it is at the end of the day. And honestly, the second that you get over that, like that mental hurdle, that gap in your mind, it's a complete game changer. And that's the truth.
0: So talk a little bit about that mindset. What, what are some things that you do to treat what you do as a freelancer, like a business. And what are some th- some of mis- common mistakes that you see some freelancers make where they're not thinking about their freelance their freelance business as an actual business?
1: Well, first of all, I think one of the mistakes they make is they, they rarely actually think about their clients or their audience um, personally. And they also rarely think about their, their ROI, right? So when I talk to you about um, ROI, for instance, and, and once again, we talked about this, I believe in the last, last podcast a little bit, People are always, um, they're A, concerned about like Upwork fees, you know, or this fee or that fee or their expenses or what have you, to the point where they actually avoid making decisions or avoid getting on platforms like Upwork or avoid investing in, you know, software that could potentially make you money. Now, with that said, you also need to obviously research, research and you need to do, you know, teach yourself and, and you know, listen to the advice of the experts before getting on a platform like Upwork or before, you know, you're not going to be a graphic designer or, or a web developer just because you you went to bed last night and and wish, wished on a star that it would happen. You, you do need to prepare, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you, and think about the investments that you're going to make, but at the end of the day, a lot of those times, those investments have to be made, whether it's time or financial, and to just completely write them off as saying, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to spend any money. I don't want to work hard at all, right? That's not what business owners do. Business owners are like, all right, here, look, these are my expenses. How do I get them down? How are they reasonable for me to afford? Does this make sense justifying it? And they focus more on the return on those investments, you know, like Upwork is. Like imagine if I didn't want to buy any Adobe software you know, how am I going to make any money as a graphic designer, right? Um, if I didn't want to pursue Upwork because I was too afraid of the fees, well, that I'd kiss 50% of my income goodbye. 50% of my income still as an expert graphic designer comes from Upwork and it has for the past four and a half years now. You know, imagine if I got scared away from that little 20% fee over the course of four years, I've, I've roughly guesstimated that I've probably made Upwork in my fees about 50 grand, but you know what? I've taken home i'm uh four hundred and sixty thousand dollars <laughs>
0: <laughs> right
1: that's an roi <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah you
1: know and, and the second thing is i think that people really fail to do is they they fail to think about their clients like they would themselves um you know as, as someone who also occasionally hires on upwork and elsewhere i've i've been in the client's shoes and i kind of know what they're looking for and and i i feel like as freelancers we've all had that like it's it's kind of like, i think you even use the online dating reference a bit in your your course but it's so scary, true, because we've all had that like one really bad date that we're like, all oh, the dates will be like this, and the, and the next like ten guys that walked, you know, sit down in that chair are going to suffer because of what the one <laughs> idiot did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of yeah.
1: like that with our clients, right? We think one bad egg, then we get really protective. We put our walls up and and we're afraid, and it changes the way that we interact with our clients, and it becomes more about me, 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 and this is what I want out of the transaction. Well, your clients. Guess what? They're probably feeling exactly the same way about you. They've probably been burned by freelancers before. Um, trust me, there are lots of very bad ones out there. You know, I've also been burned by freelancers before who didn't meet their deadlines, didn't do what they're supposed to do, didn't deliver the kind of quality work they said they were going to deliver, um, or honestly just became so guarded that they almost became hateful in themselves. I mean, it's it's crazy. So really, what? I try to do is I try to think about what is my client looking for? And they're looking for a professional that can, you know, be friendly, but be professional can say, Hey, look, yes, your job is safe with me. Your project is safe with me. We're going to get through this together. You know, let's talk about what you need. You know, I'll, I'll hold your hand as much as you want me to hold it, or I'll, I'll let you be a decision maker as, as much as you want me to let you do that. And and we're going to get through this together and, and to treat them in a way that they feel like you've got their back like a good friend, like a good business partner, like a good business owner will do instead of just being like, well, I don't know. I might be able to get it done. I don't know. I'm really stressed out this weekend. i like, a cavity pulled at four o'clock on Friday. So can we push it down (laughs) until Monday? I mean, like your business owner just doesn't do that stuff. Just be a professional, you know, and communicate ahead of time.
0: And I love the idea of the investment that you're putting into something and the return that you're getting back for it. And I think it's something that a lot of, a lot of freelancers in particular don't understand that it, you know, let's say you put $10 into advertisement. Well, if you get a hundred dollars back from that $10 you put in, you just made a really good return. And so a lot of freelancers, when it comes to Upwork, they see that. And they're like, I don't want to do the $10. I'm like, but you could have 90, right? <laughs> you know? And, uh, I, I was looking up some, some different stats, um, in the Upwork investors things that they put out and, Last year they put 26 million dollars into advertisement. 26 million dollars. So I'm I'm giving away 20 to 5% of whatever I'm getting from the the work that I do on Upwork and you know like you said that was $50,000 for the lifespan of what you've done on Upwork but you know f- for instance in a given year for me if I made $30,000 that could be anywhere from But with that, I get $26 million of marketing (laughs) where people, they're just constantly pushing folks to look at me and consider me for a job that I would not have gotten had they not put that money in there.
1: We also don't talk about enough about the other, you know, and I hate to sound like this because people are going to, I always get accused of sounding like an Upwork commercial, you know, so I don't mean (laughs) to sound that way, but genuinely, like the, there are other tools they offer as well. Like just the time tracker alone, like a lot of people, and I tell people this, especially if they have the same trust issues that I know I had in the beginning and sometimes still have with a brand new client before we really get to know each other, because you always worry, are they going to stiff me on the payment? Right? Like the time tracker though, when you actually use the one that takes pictures of your screen and I I actually have got to where I demand this with all new clients until I trust them to know they're good for it. The payments are completely automated. I don't have to log anything. Your proposal works like it's your contract. You don't have to create a separate contract. Um, it's it's basically irrefutable as long as your time tracker shows you doing the work. The client cannot complain about it or ask for their money back. I mean, there's a lot of protections that goes into it. Um, the automatic invoicing, their card is automatically charged. You don't have to worry about them like logging back in, you know, unless you're doing milestone thing, then they gotta, you know, log back in and do it. But on the time tracker, all completely automatic. And it's funny because I, I even have several clients now on Upwork who have I've been with now for more than two years, which by the law I could take off the Upwork platform. And 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 I've only done that like a couple of times ever after the two-year mark because most of the time I argue with the client to get them to stay on Upwork because with almost without fail, almost without fail, and I've got a couple of good ones. A lot of times when I've taken my Upwork clients off platform after the two-year mark, I'm going to say that again, because anybody's like trying to call me on, after two years, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> after the two-year mark, they, they're they not as quick to pay. I have to use my own invoicing software. I have to use my own time logging software. I have to write a separate contract. All these services I pay for, Rocket Lawyer, I pay for and.co by Fiverr um, to do contracts and invoicing. I, you know these things take up time, um, and 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 like I said before, half the clients were I end up having to chase down the invoices. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. They're not trying to stiff you, but they're just so used to that. You know, automatic just come out of your bank account. The Upwork offered spoiled us both. So yeah. I, I really, I, you know, we we don't even talk about the other services that you're getting for that ROI. And for me as a business owner, when I compare, you know, my Upwork. Contracts and expenses, and I call the fees just an expense compared to my offsite expenses. Um, they're they're about the same, to be honest with you. So, like, just don't get caught too hung up on that stuff, guys. As long as your ROI is healthy, you're good to go.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's great insight. I want to I want to talk a little bit about what you mentioned about treating your clients as you would want to be treated yourself. Kind of the golden rule of of freelancing. Um, because when I look at your um profile feed. You know, there's so much feedback of clients who are like, Morgan always get gets everything done on time. Um, she was communicative through the entire process, like she anticipated my needs in in the midst of it, you know, and and I wonder if that is, is something that kind of sets the lower earning freelancers on Upwork apart from the higher earning freelancers like yourself. And so talk a little bit about that. Like what, what is your system like with working with clients? Do you have a, uh, the same thing that you do everything every single time with project management or is it something you're just kind of, you know, figuring it out as you go?
1: I treat my clients, um, you know, just like I said earlier, like I, I want myself to be treated. I, I, I meet them where they are. Um, some of my clients, in fact, one of the very first things that I do is I ask them, is this your first time on Upwork? Um, because that will actually tell me a lot right there, right? Um, especially if somebody is pretty seasoned now on Upwork because a newbie might not know what to expect. They might not know what questions to ask. They might not know semantically exactly how the platform works. Um, and then I also ask if they ha- use freelancers, um, you know, frequently, because that's also a really important question. You know, a lot of people have, some people have, project management experience, but some people have no project management experience, Um, and, and you don't really need, you know, necessarily to be professionally trained in project management, but It certainly helps if you're used to working with outsourced work and and other people or even on teams. And those little things make a really big difference too. Like I I might even change the way that I act or the questions that I ask if I know I'm working with an experienced project manager. Because typically speaking, those project managers will have some sort of project management software in place that they'll want me to hop on and use, or they already have the tools. They already know how they want to communicate like Slack or email or what have you. They'll be more descriptive. They'll provide the files without me asking for it. But see if I kind of determine a client to be a bit more green then I automatically know like my whole mind from the start of the contract is like an org chart right it's like okay has been an upward before yes no and then I make decisions and my follow up questions are kind of based on those questions as I go so I really cater to them you know, um, versus like a non-Upwork non, non Upwork or non-freelance experienced client, I, I might spend more time asking questions like, all right, so this is typically what an engagement like this is going to look like. You know, do you already have branding files? Do you know what a vector is? Could you have your logo in a vector form? Do you have colors that you normally use? Do you have anything in mind? You know, <laughs> what is your deadline? Is that the real deadline? Because another... Thing that um, inexperienced people will often do is they'll give you the final deadline. Well, the final deadline ain't the graphic design deadline because the final deadline usually involves proofers, it involves a print shop, etc. A newbie might not think to ask any of those questions. They might wait to the final day the thing is due, and then oh wait, now I have to send it to the printer, and the printer needs two weeks. See, and that, and that's the difference between you know I think I think the higher highest earners and the people who are just on there to make a few bucks. You know, I'm I'm on there to build a business and engage in a client relationship that they're going to call on me for years to come. I don't sit there and worry about, well, you know, are they going to get a hundred bucks, 50 bucks here, you know, whatever, and trying to make the quick buck. I'm focused on that relationship and those um, long-term payouts. And that's the kind of of stuff that separates you, to be honest.
0: I think that's great insight. And I think... Ultimately, you know, kind of what I hear you saying, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But it, there's this mindset as freelancers that some folks consider themselves like a task manager. You know, like you give me tasks, I do the tasks, and then you walk away happy. Um, other folks consider themselves as a consultant, which is like what you're talking about, where you're thinking about the entire process. You're thinking about what is the end goal here, and how can I help you reach that end goal and give you a little bit of insight on what you might not be thinking about. And, and what I found, uh, to be true, not only in Upwork, but in all of freelancing is that if you work like a task manager, your, your rates are always going to stay really be, really low. But if you work like a consultant and a, a thought leader and almost like a partner in the business, then you're going to be able to command those higher rates on projects.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, Chris, and I don't want to downplay this either because there are a lot of people, um, you know, in like my line of work, we call them production designers is is what you typically call somebody that just prefers to do more of the grunt work. Maybe they're either at that level or you know, honestly, I like grunt work some days. If I'm having, if I'm very stressed out, one of my favorite projects to do is just make cutouts, just make picture cutouts. Most of the time I outsource that to one of my other team members to do the grunt work, but it's occasionally very relaxing. So I don't at all want to downplay, you know, that kind of stuff. If you are a production designer or, you know, you just want to kind of do the basics or you want to be a, like you said, what well, is was it, just a task manager? It's also perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. But you know, we're having the conversation about how to really jumpstart your upward career and how to earn the higher rates. And and that is the difference between somebody who earns the higher rates and somebody who is more the task manager. So it's just it's just a it's just a decision in on whichever one that you who you want to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of figuring out what you want to do with your freelancing career and kind of molding it almost, almost like you're working from the end goal in mind, so to speak.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Talk about maybe some things that you see that are common for folks who are really struggling to get some of those higher, higher rates. And I know we've kind of mentioned a lot of them, but I, you know, I know you've, you've got um, some, some new things that you're doing with coaching freelancers, which is awesome. And I, I know it's super helpful. Um, so what are some common things for folks who are like, I'm trying to get those higher rate clients, um, but it just seems, I just seem to ha- only be able to get kind of those lower rate folks. Is it, is it in their pitch? Is it in their profile? Is it in their interview? Is there some big, you know, overarching thing that is just stands out to you? Like this is kind of the kink in the hose, so to speak.
1: Yes. Yes. And yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's all three. <laughs>
1: No, it's usually usually is some combination of all three, and like I said, it does start with by acting as a professional. You know, even when I work with other freelancers, um, you know, I have kind of struggled in the fast, past finding a good personality that won't let. And, and I, I and I shouldn't say this in this way. Probably, I'm not going to say this in the correct way. So forgive me. You can send your pitchforks to my Twitter handle <laughs> 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 at Morgan O Media, <laughs> but I I feel like a lot of freelancers have developed an attitude on Upwork. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I definitely feel it uh, as a client on Upwork. Like they're very much, you know, this, you will do this my way. Like, when will I get paid? You know, this is the, this is how I should... Like I, I hired a woman um, one day just to literally fill out resumes for me. Um, and it wasn't, and it was, I already had the template done. The client just requested like 30 different versions and all it was, was like name swapping and swapping out some skills, just like, you know, whatever. And in my post, and, and I understand once again, this is like a choice you can make, right? You can either do milestones or hourly or fixed, right? In my post, I said, because it's, you know, basically grunt work, <laughs> Uh, I would like to use, I, I I want to use the time tracker. And and I can't tell you how many replies I got to that that said, my work is more valuable than the time tracker, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, then that's fine. Keep scrolling. I don't understand. <laughs> like this isn't Facebook. Yeah. I didn't say, hi, I'm Morgan. I would like your opinions today. Like Don't waste your proposals and send me that stuff in. Either say, yes, this is the job for me or no, that doesn't sound like the kind of job that I want don't cop an attitude with your clients, you would be shocked how many times I get that or how many times yeah. people waste my time with that saying, they'll, they'll go all the way to the interview and they'll be like, oh, but that one thing you asked for, I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of setting yourself up for failure with that stuff. You know, that's one of them um, that I, I personally experience as a client on a regular basis. And it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. But I would say probably some of the other things that I see people do wrong a lot of the time starts with um, their proposals Um, and it's similar problem I'm I'm seeing now with the, their bios on Upwork itself. They're not, they're not client centric, right? That's, that's, that's the most important thing. Like they're still very much about, this is what I'm going to get as a freelancer. Like I I read one guy um, last week who I was coaching who, his, his bio is, you know, I will, I will respond to all inquiries Monday through Thursday. (laughs) That was like part of his bio. And it's like, to me, that reads more about like, I only want to work Monday through Thursday and there's nothing here about your clients or anything like that, you know, versus my bio says, you know, I, 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 I will, I deliver quality products and with rapid turnarounds to my clients, I am highly responsive. I love making my clients money. I love making my clients project dreams come true. I mean, like I talk about what I will do for my client before yeah. I ever get into me. And my proposals are almost exactly the same way. In fact, I start out every proposal now with like two lines about all the stuff I'm going to do about them and their proposal before I ever say the first word about myself. Then I go, about me, I'm a graphic designer with 15 years experience, blah, 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 you know, almost 20 now. I probably need to change it. (laughs) Almost 20 now because I I started uh, 18 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So go client-centric, guys. And a lot of times you see that in your bio, you see that in your proposals, you know, you kind of see that throughout the engagement, make it about them once again, date analogy, treat it like you're on a date, you know, ask them questions, listen to what they're telling you and not just questions about the project, about themselves, about their company, about their role in their company, about their experience working with freelancers and outsourcing. You'd be surprised how many um, almost kind of subconscious, I would think, or unconscious fears, uh, yeah, or subconscious fears that the clients have about working with remote talent that you can... You can make them feel better at the start of a contract, and 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 do it then before those 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 unconscious fears or subconscious fears come up later on. You know, and you're like, well, that came out of left field. You know, why why did they say that? So that that's that's that's, that's honestly the stuff that I think really separates the the big earners from from those who don't or not able to pull the numbers.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny because I feel like there's nothing really Upwork specific to what we're talking about, right? Like this is just this is good sales in general this is good um you know project management or business um ideas in in general and so to 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 win high earning projects on upwork you've just got to think about it from a broader perspective and and the idea that you're going to convince somebody to hand over a lot of money to you by convincing them that you're awesome you know like look at me I'm fantastic like that's not really why somebody is hiring somebody. I just had a conversation with a freelancer this last week of like everything in your profile is all about you. Nothing points to the true desire of a client. Like why think about why would a client want to hire you? It's not just to do graphic design. It's not just to build a website. It's not just to whatever it is that you're doing as a freelancer. There's there's some underlying motivation that somebody has that you've really got to get to the crux of, and that needs to be what you focus on whenever you're communicating or interacting with them.
1: And third thing I would probably even add to that as well is, is don't be afraid to raise your rates. You know, um, you know, you're, you're, only you can determine your own rates based on, you know, your skill set and your field, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of us are still undercharging. Make sure that you have some sort of guidance on that and that your rates are making sense for your level of expertise. Because I think that there are actually a lot of people who are probably more experienced in charging too, le- or too little. And what it's doing for the clients is we see that and we think, oh, that's weird, that doesn't make any sense. Are they lying about their expertise? Is there something wrong here? It's almost suspicious in a way. Like, like it's kind of, it's just, uh, you know, it might sound silly, but like I, I typically don't get like the bot, uh, the bottom shelf cereal or like the bottom bottom shelf like wine the grocery store. Like I get like the shelf up up, up from that at least if not higher because if I walked into the Publix here tomorrow and I saw a fifty cent bottle of wine, I'd be like something wrong with that wine <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. really that's weird <laughs> yeah. like yeah. we're almost kind of suspicious now wine's probably a bad example because you could probably just get the 50 cent wine go try it out and another bottle of wine as a backup but you're not going to typically do that with a freelancer um and and, and honestly I've, I've hired cheaper freelancers before in the past too and usually it's kind of like a bad bottle of wine you know you're like i regret that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that psychology of like you get what you pay for and the more you invest in it, the more you're gonna get out or the the easier the process is. Um I, I'd love to kind of go back to a little bit of what you talked about with proposals about addressing some of the anxieties before a client even kind of brings them up because i think that's that's something that is really prevalent in in sales copy which i'm sure you've you've probably done a lot of research if you've been working on blogs and and all that kind of stuff you know but but that's that is a key element of good sales copy is that you're gathering the anxieties or the objections and you're you're not highlighting to the extent to where they become almost even more anxious about them but but you're kind of addressing them and you're you're deflating them a little bit so talk a little bit about what you've done with your own clients to kind of remove some of that upwork anxiety that they might be experiencing in hiring a freelancer.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because aren't we like that in our own personal lives? Really? You know, we're, we're definitely different. Even with my second time on this podcast, I feel more relaxed with you because now we've already had conversations, you know, versus having just met a year ago. So we're, we're naturally more responsive and more relaxed people that we trust, right? Especially people that we've met online. Um, And once again, we know this is true with online dating, online freelancing, what have you. And so I think it's really important, you know, to kind of uncover those fears in the beginning of the contract and, and address them head on, but also listen. Because um, if you don't have any trust in their relationship, it will likely go off the rails. Something will come up, they will feel antsy about the whole thing, and the contract will just go, it'll just go much more smoothly if you address it all um, up front. You know, um, like, and, and like I said earlier, also listen. Like, I actually had a client who straight up told me last year, and it was, I don't, they won't listen to this podcast, thank goodness, but I'm telling you, they told me straight up when they first started working with me that they did not want to work remotely and they only were working remotely because of covid and they said that otherwise they would want me like right there in fact during the contract because they were only about 4 hours away they kept saying hey what if you just come over and this was like at the height of everything crazy going on and we didn't really know and and i'm like guys this is supposed to be like a remote contract and and it's and it eventually did go off the rails and they i think they hired somebody local because they just but it was after i i basically had to fire the client because it, they, there was no trust in their relationship. Um, they, they, they kept acting like scared about every milestone and, and thinking, oh, well, I don't know. I feel like if I was just in person, I could have explained this better. And we're just not communicating. And, 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 and normally it's a kind of red flag I would listen to, right? But because I ignored that red flag when they told me, oh, I'm very nervous about this transaction. I don't like working remotely. Smart Morgan would have been like, mm, then we, then you're not meant for this. Wait till after COVID, and you can hire someone. <laughs> directly instead of trying this whole internet thing, um, but a lot of times, like if they, if I ask them about their experiences, you know, um, I'll follow up. Like if they say they have had a, they do have experiences um, with freelancing online, I follow it up with, well, how did that go? Was that experience good? Um, was it bad? If it's bad, more importantly, why was it bad? What 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 went wrong? Um, and you can, it's, it's a, in a way, not only addressing your client's fears, but also making sure that you are listening to all the red flags that they're telling you. Because if they're telling you stuff like, you know, that sounds kind of suspicious about why it didn't go right the first time, maybe you should rethink even taking that contract. <laughs> or if it's something that clearly the freelancer was an error, you can say, well, look, no problem problem. I, I don't miss deadlines. You know, I, I understand I've been doing this for X number of years. You know, I work with big name clients, you know, I, I'm not afraid to name drop ever. You know, like I've worked with the CDC foundation, you know, I, I've worked with, you know, Granier bakery, I've you know, that kind of stuff. And, and they'll be like, okay, okay. You know, or I'll say, oh, I, you know, I, or I've, I or, or even tell them, I look, I've been in your shoes too. I once hired a freelancer who did the same thing to me. And I completely understand how that throws off your, your budget and your deadline, um, you know, I'll do those kinds of things and try to relate to them so that we establish this trust. And I know exactly where they've come from, not just even on a business level, but on like a freelancer engagement level. And and those little conversations, if you stop to have them, are such a game changer. I also ask them about their company. I ask them about the history of their company sometimes, if it's a small company, Um, I'm asking them about their role in the company. My favorite thing to do is talk to small business owners. And and the more you let people talk about themselves too, the more it's a Dell Carnegie method, right? The more they'll come away feeling like they had an excellent conversation or thinking that you're a great conversationalist because they did, you know, all the talking. So it's like those little things that I do to establish a relationship really early on and make myself. Be seen as somebody that they can trust, um, and and I cannot tell you go if you enter in a contract like that, it's going to be so much easier going forward. And then also also by listening to the red flags too, you those because those might come up during that inquiry phase, gives you a chance to back up and say, whoa, whoa, I don't think this is going to work for me. So it's kind of a twofold thing, you know, in a way. Um, making your clients feel better about the situation and and also, you know, maybe you know, thinking about the situation yourself before you get into it.
0: Something you mentioned, I think is is super important. it's It's the idea of of social proof. you know, like you've got a client who's nervous but you can say, well, listen, I've worked with the CDC. I've worked with these bigger name companies. I'm on Business Insider. You know, Upwork has interviewed me on their podcast. They've interviewed me. I've done written interviews with Upwork. So like, there's a, there's a little bit more social proof behind what you're getting. W- one of the complaints that I hear a lot of times from freelancers, especially maybe folks who are more seasoned in their skills, more seasoned in their craft, is that they're going to have to get onto Upwork, take low paying jobs before they get some of that social proof for with the feedback on the platform, and all that kind of stuff? How how do you how do you address that? Or how do you coach people who have that kind of idea of like, "I, I want to get into Upwork, but I don't want to have to completely lower my rates. I have no feedback whatsoever. I'm new to the platform. What do I do?
1: Well, luckily things are a little bit easier than they used to be when I joined Upwork, right? Like when I joined Upwork, there was no such thing as testimonials, for instance. Um, like I couldn't ask my, my client, my existing clients to go on there and write a review for me. Well, not review, write a testimonial for me, um, you know, and kind of out for my skills. Um, today you can do that. So if you're a brand new freelancer coming to Upwork, you know, you can say, Hey, look, have your, some of your clients, as long as you're active, I think you have to be somewhat active in order to do that, but you can ask your clients, you know, come over. Hey, look, would you vouch for me? Write a nice little testimonial. You know, you can still easily name drop in that bio. You can name drop in that proposal. Heck, I tell a lot of people, especially for the seasoned designers, like it's hilariously, I I coached a girl a few months ago who had worked with like I can't even remember the name of the company. Let's say she's like IBM or something like it was a major company. But the funny thing is her bio, it was buried like under the read more that she'd ever done that. I didn't even get to that. I mean, the bio was like 2000 words long and I'm like, I'm not going to read a whole story about you. I'm a busy client, you know, I'm trying to move on here. <laughs> and and I, and I, when I finally got to the IBM part, I'm like, why is that not at the top of your profile? Maybe <laughs> in your title, yeah. I love the idea of putting in titles I think every title should be a unique selling proposition because when people are querying the platform if if you have one person that says I'm a web developer and then the next line down says web developer worked at Microsoft in parentheses which one you think you're clicking on right so don't if you're so if you're if you do have that experience bring it to the table bring it to the table don't don't think it sounds egotistical or worry that you're going to sound however, which way by, by saying it, you need to say it. That's really impressive to your clients. Um, you know, now with all that said, if you went and got my blog tomorrow, I'm absolutely Chris, one of those people that lowered my rates for the first week on Upwork. All right. I don't regret it one bit. <laughs> I I was able to get some quick reviews I was able to build my reputation. No time flat. Sure. I could have sat there and I could have tried to get stuff at higher rates. I did apply for a lot of fixed rate stuff. It's just not what happened to come in at the time. The gig I took was a little $10 fixed rate vector tweak. I knew I could do it quickly. I was done in 10 minutes. So technically speaking on par with my rates today, (laughs) you know, but the guy, he gave me a five-star review for me being a little bit more open-minded in the beginning. Personally, Um, picky, but open-minded helped me just get my profile to where it wanted to be quickly versus having to wait. I didn't have a safety net. I already quit my job. So I needed the money tomorrow, today.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to the fact that, you know, you have to look at it as an investment, just as you look at the fees that you're paying to Upwork from the, from the projects that you're getting when you're, when you're first getting started, you are investing a little bit more than what you're getting in return, but the curve goes up really quickly once you start getting some feedback. Once you become a top rated freelancer, like it's game on from that point.
1: I should have said that too. I should have said it was only for a couple of weeks, and I was back on par to where I was offsite. You know, and so a couple of weeks. You know, I've I've done way more things that have wasted my time as far as freelancing is concerned that lasted longer than a week. I've had but clients that drug on and, and refuse to pay for weeks on end. I've I, when I was trying to ne- network uh, back in the day, I was attending like all these health conferences because a lot of my clients come from the healthcare industry. And I was like passing out business cards, spending all this money going to in-person conferences and never got a single single nibble. I've done lots of things that have wasted more time and money than lowered my rates on Upwork for three days. So I mean, if you feel like you're going to speed up a little bit faster by doing it that way, just do it. Who cares? If you need the client, just do it. But like I said, there, there are multiple ways to to get it done. I've also known client. I've also known freelancers to get on there and get like a hundred bucks an hour with their first gig. So, hey, more power to you.
0: Well, Morgan, it has been just awesome talking to you. You've got amazing insight as always. Uh, tell us a little bit about what what you're looking forward to in the future. I know you've got a, quite a few things that you've been, been working on. So, um you know share some of that with with the self-made audience
1: well first i wanted to say you know uh, i want to make a really quick comment about you know yourself and, and your course and you know and even what a lot of us high earners on upwork are doing nowadays you know a lot of us are kind of now passing the torch on to the next generation that we have established ourselves and and especially in a post 2020 world where so many people are looking at freelance. I mean, I, we saw a study just a few weeks ago about how like a significant portion of the population is now considering freelance more than ever before, because um, they either don't want to go back to work um, for various reasons, or they just want to explore being a business owner for the first time. And and here's the thing, guys: whether you know you you take Chris's course or you just like look up you know vlogs on the internet or blogs or, or whatever it is that you're looking at, I want you to take note of something: a lot of us are saying basically the same thing in a variety of industries. Like your main industry is web design. I I tinker in web design, but my primary industry is graphic design, right? Yet going through your course, 98% of the advice is applicable to any industry. (laughs) And you say almost exactly the same advice that, that I give on a regular basis. Do Please, whatever you do, listen to the people who have been in your shoes and are openly giving the advice that you need to hear in both freelance, in business, and especially in the niche of Upwork. There, There's no scam. You know, I ain't selling anything. Like, so I'm telling you, we're putting it out there. We're making these resources available to y'all that y'all whippersnappers that we didn't have back in our day. <laughs> Yeah. Five years ago, when not as many people knew about Upwork and, and what was possible. Um, and I, And I just think it's a really interesting thing, don't you, that we all basically say the same thing, no matter where we come from. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. And I think it's, it goes back to good business is good business. You know, like whether it's in the framework of Upwork as a web designer, whether it's in the framework of, you know, freelancing out in, you know, the wild, so to speak, as a graphic designer, or web developer, you know, it's, it's the same principles. And I think you apply them to anything and, and it's going to work. So, um, but and yeah.
1: especially listen, especially listen to advice like Chris's like, like what your, well, the thing that really struck me about your course is all very actionable right? I can't tell you how many times I click on a blog post or take a course and they're just kind of giving me these pie in the sky ideas and it's nothing but a bunch of inspirational quotes and I still have to do, you know, I'm left with nothing, no actual yeah. physical thing to do. Your course comes with an actual, you know, homework. It comes with like its actual tool where you can goal track. It comes with actual actionable, real actionable advice. It's not just going to be this proof of stuff. And it's seriously in-depth, one of the most in-depth um, Upwork courses specifically that I've seen. I think you said something like, nine hours of total content. (laughs) And, and it's so, it's so easily digestible. Like the things that I do, this is when I get my vlogging and and stuff in, or my courses in, as I just do it like in the morning when I'm getting ready for work, or I do it at night while I'm folding the clothes, you know, it's the kind of stuff where you can just hear it in the background, but you're still absorbing it. And in no time flat, if you listen to 30 minutes a day, you know, you're still done in like a couple, you know, two to three weeks, it's, it's easy peasy. And you know exactly what He's not holding anything back. You know exactly what Chris has done to to become top rated on on Upwork. And and I can 100% vouch for for what he says. Because like I said, we've all done almost the exact same thing. So yeah, yeah, if I will go back... And we'll go back and answer your question eventually, Chris. I just want to say that really quickly.
0: <laughs> well, I feel really good no about wording. myself now. Thank you so much for all those kind words. <laughs> uh, uh, it, just, great. it just
1: strikes me. It always strikes me that, you know, two, two different worlds and yet our advice is more or less the same. I just find yeah. that so interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, awesome. no, I'm super excited. I'm like you. I'm trying to um, build up my my blog blog with a B right now. Um, Eventually, maybe next year, I can finally experiment in the world of vlogging with a V. Yes. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Um, Rockinthesmokies.com. That's been amazing. I touched on that last time. We launched it right after I talked to you during the first podcast. Now I'm up to 3.6 million page views inside the first year. Yes. (laughs) It's <laughs> awesome. Now I've launched my second vlog. Um, we're just going to be more about freelancing and about Upwork and working from home and how to make money from home. So you can check that out at morganoverholt.com. Um, or you can also follow me on Twitter, Morgan O Media. Um, And I recently got a Patreon just in case, you know, I've had some requests for like one-on-one, you know, conversations. So if you do want me to critique your bio or your proposals, you know, I have a just looking account on Patreon for like five bucks and it gives you an open line of communication with me. Um, You know, a hundred dollars if you want like lengthy one-on-one conversations via Zoom every month, but I've been doing a little bit of that as well. So Yeah, and like you said, kind of trying to pass on the torch a little bit and help people. Um, But plenty of free resources available as well at morganoverhold.com. You don't need to do the Patreon thing unless you just want to see more of my beautiful face. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and all the kind words and all the great insight. I want to encourage everybody to go visit MorganOverhaul.com and we're just going to, we're going to have to make this a yearly thing, I think, where you just come I back know. every year and we hear from you.
1: I know. It's so good. It's so good to see everything that you're doing and thank you for doing everything that you're doing. I, I know it really inspires people.
0: Man, such good insight from Morgan. And I love the fact that what she's encouraging everybody to do is not complicated. It's not hard. You don't need, to go back and get a four-year degree to crack this code. Now, this is stuff you can put in place right now, today, and start seeing instant results from. So I want to encourage you again, if you are looking to go even further on how to become a six figure freelancer on the Upwork platform, I am hosting a free training, a free live masterclass called three simple steps to land high paying clients on Upwork. So go to selfmadewebdesigner.com forward slash Upwork and sign up. There's three time slots available. And good news, we're going to do a Q&A at the end of every single one of these live master classes. So you're going to get a chance to ask some some questions and get some feedback in real time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I love hanging out with people who are listening to the podcast and who are trying to become self-made web designers themselves. So go to selfmadewebdesigner.com forward slash Upwork and sign up before it's too late because there is a very quick shutdown time where these master classes are ending. So, okay, again, we're going to do this podcast, you know, just because it seems to be working. People seem to like it and and, and seem to be getting some help from it. So another episode is going to be dropping Wednesday night at midnight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay up with me. We'll celebrate. We'll rock it. We'll do it. Until then, keep on working. Keep on going for it as a freelancer. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you
1: Man, such good
0: insight from Morgan and so simple. The, the the things that we're saying, the things that she is encouraging folks to do are aren't something that's just really complicated. It's not something that takes years of studying to put place, put in place. It's not something that takes years of studying to put in place. You could go and do it right now and start seeing results. Immediately, And I've heard from a lot of freelancers who have listened to this show that they've taken a few things, they put them into practice as freelancers on Upwork, and they got results instantly. So I want to encourage you, don't just, don't just hear this stuff, but hear it and then put it into practice and keep on working and chugging and trying to crack the code because one day, my friend, you are going to do it. And hey, we've got a free training, a free master class. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Want to revisit that again because I don't want you to miss out on it. Go to selfmadewebdesigner.com forward slash upwork. There's going to be links in the show notes. This is all about how to land high-paying freelance clients on the Upwork platform it's going to be a lot of fun there's going to be a QA at the end so we're going to get to interact a little bit which i love doing you know podcasts can be a little bit one-sided where i'm kind of talking into a microphone and a camera and i'm hoping somebody out there is listening but not for this masterclass. we're going to be able to interact and chat i'm going to be able to see you and hang out with you so it's going to be a lot of fun okay maybe i won't see you but you'll see me and it'll be a lot of fun all right until next week when we've got another amazing episode dropping and it you know we're going we're just going to do it again. This just seems to be something that's a lot of fun to do. And so we're just going to keep doing it. We're going to keep hanging out, talking about how to be next level freelancers and web designers. So keep going, keep working at it. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you win.